Rocket Lab is looking to get its launch business back on track. Founder and CEO Peter Beck says the company now expects to resume launches as soon as the end of November, just over two months after a complex mission failure involving its Electron rocket. It was a, a very, very difficult um, anomaly to try and resolve. Naturally, you know, the vehicle has so much heritage and so much flight that, you know, time now that anything, anything that, that, that happened wasn't going to be like super simple. Or somebody forgot to plug something in or something like that. It was going to be deeply complex, which it was, and, um, but the team was able to push through, resolve it, to get to root cause and put some mitigated you know, uh, fixes in there that, that will, you know, won't see that coming back. On this episode, Beck discusses the action-packed launch manifest for 2024, roughly two missions per month, the latest on the new, more powerful Neutron rocket, the space systems business, which is actually the company's biggest, and launching hypersonic drones for the Pentagon. I'm Morgan Brennan, and this is Manifest Space. So you just came off of earnings earlier in the month. I think maybe let's start there, because it wasn't just about the financial results for the quarter, but it was also the fact that you are opening up your next launch window for Electron, which is the end of this month, and which marks two and a half months since your last mission, which we know uh, failed. Yeah, no, it's it's it was a, a very very difficult um, anomaly to try and resolve. Naturally, you know, the vehicle has so much heritage and so much flight that, you know, time now that anything anything that that, that happened wasn't going to be like super simple. Or somebody forgot to plug something in or something like that. It was going to be deeply complex, which it was. And um, but the team was able to push through, resolve it, to get to root cause, and put some mitigated you know uh, fixes in there that that will, you know won't see that coming back. So yep, great to be back on the pad. And, uh, and and resuming launches again. Well, congratulations on that. What was the root cause? <laughs> How long have you got? I mean, it cut, cut a long story short, uh, there is um, there's, there's some really unique phenomena that occur in space. Uh, you really need to study up, you know, your partial law and partial curves. But in, in, the, in the simplest possible way, I can distill it. Um, uh, a high voltage arc anomaly uh, that was kind of exaggerated by a set of conditions um, and also uh, you know a, a number of unique circumstances that only occurred at stage separation I mean look you, you have to get imagine like a hundred pieces of Swiss cheese and they all have to line up for the hole to you know to squeak through but it was a difficult one and you've made changes since then and, and now the launch window is open for your next mission Correct. Yep, yep. No, we well and truly put the passion curve back in its box and, um, and we're feeling very confident about that. So how does that set you up for 2024? Not only with Elect... Well, we'll start with Electron and then we'll get to Neutron. Mm. Yeah, so 2024 is a big year for us. You know, we have uh, 22 flights on the manifest, um, so we're fully booked for, for 24. And, um, you know, we're, we, we're you know, 23 here. We've got a good production cadence going. So we'll roll into 24 now with our being our busiest year ever. Um, with with Electron. So 22 launches, that means you're launching one almost every two weeks next year. Yeah. That's, that's quite yeah. a cadence. It is, it is. And, and it really brings us to, you know, to, to our model, our financial model, which is, which is going to be great to see. Um, you know, the margins on, on Electron uh, in the last quarter improved significantly. So uh, we, can, we see that, you know, trend likely to continue. So what does that mean in terms of production of the rocket versus the reusability aspect? 
Yeah, so I mean, uh, you know, we, we're still continuing with the reusability program um, for sure, and there's, you'll see a number of reusability missions throughout the year. Um, but you know, the most important thing for us is obviously making sure that we get our customers to orbit, and um, you know, the reusability is is is, is important. But um, you know, we, we can achieve what we need to achieve without it um, from a financial uh, you know aspect. Um, and uh, yeah, so the, the next major milestone for reusability on Electron is uh, flying a whole Electron with a, a completed uh, set of engines uh, that have been reused and flown again. So that will be the next major milestone. Is that something that's going to happen next year or undecided yet? Yeah, we hope so. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, those engines are currently in the factory going through, um, through recertification. So uh, they'll, they'll pop onto the back of a vehicle in, um, in, in, in due time for sure. Um, and, and you've been developing a new rocket, a, a, a more powerful rocket, Neutron. Uh, is that still on pace? For previous forecasts that you've laid out, yeah. Look, I mean, it's 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 a rocket program, so um, is on is on is on target as ever a rocket program is. But um, but yeah, at the moment, I would say we're in we're in kind of a honeymoon period where we have lots of hardware turning up, and um, you know we're making major tests. Uh, you know, in this quarter, we had a, a really major milestone, which was you know the, the second stage tank. Um, you know, we got through all the cryogenic testing of that, so um, so, so that's a huge milestone. And you know, look, we're still trying to get something on the pad by the end of 24, and that, that remains the goal for, for, for that program. So how does all of this speak to uh, the broader supply-demand dynamics for the launch services market? Because uh, I've had a mm. number of conversations with folks saying, you know what, capacity is really tight right now, especially as you have Amazon's Kuiper coming online uh, and a number of other projects and, and constellations afoot as well. What are you seeing? Yeah, I see exactly the same thing. Um, not, not just for, for Neutron, but also for Electron. I mean, you know, look at the manifest, uh, is, is absolutely jam-packed for next year. Um, and, and for Neutron, we see exactly the same thing. I mean, there is going to be a, a real you know, launch crunch in that sort of 25, 26 time frame where a lot of these large constellations are, are coming to market and, and all need launch. You know, that's the reason, quite frankly, we're working so hard to bring Neutron um, you know, to the market in, in that right time frame and mature it at that time as well. If you see a slowdown in economic growth or a recession, heaven forbid, over the next couple of years, does that change anything? Or does this tend to be, mm. when you start talking about launch manifests that are years in, in advance, does that tend to be more immune to those sorts of dynamics? Yeah, look, I've been doing this a while, and, and, and it seems to be the way. Um, you know, you, your point is exactly right. A lot of these programs uh, are, you know, very, very long and multi-year programs and seem to be, you know, relatively immune to, um, you know, to, to macroeconomic conditions as, as much as you can be. It's more, uh, you know, the early stage companies and um, some of the less mature companies that, uh, that, 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 that tend to be, a, you know, a little more dynamic. And especially in, you know, today's funding environment, uh, you know, it's a very, very different funding environment for, for startup space companies than it was a couple of years ago. Mm. Um, hypersonic testing, that's on pace for your working with uh, the Defense Innovation Unit on that. That's, that's a, but that doesn't start until 2025, right? No, we've already launched our first uh, hypersonic mission. We launched that uh, earlier in the year, so um, out, of, out of Wallops. And um, uh, we're, we're seeing a huge uptake in, in that. You know, we've, we've signed seven missions in six months um, since we, we first flew that, that, that first hypersonic mission. And we're really excited about it because it, it provides uh, the nation an opportunity uh, you know, for a test platform that hasn't been there before. And um, you know, there, there is, there is uh, you know, a deficit in, in that testing capability, well at least there was, um, that we're, we're happy to fill. So it gives you know, all the, the defence and civil industry an opportunity to actually you know, get stuff in the sky, which is, which is super important. How big is that market going to be, or do we know yet? 
It's hard to say. I mean, um, it, it's 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 one of those things that um, you know it's 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 a definite requirement, and we've seen really strong uptake um, in uh, you know in it, obviously. But uh, look, it's 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 too hard to predict how 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 large that that, that really grows for us. But at the moment, I would say, you know, it's uh, it's a significant part of our manifest. Something else that we don't talk about as often, and we should, because it's very compelling for the company, uh, and it's a it's a good profitability story, um, mm. and, that, and that's your space systems business, which has been growing, yeah. uh, and which is very strong. I guess just walk me through that business and the trajectory for it. Yeah, look, the, the rockets always steal the show for 100% uh, for sure. <laughs> but um, the reality is our, you know, our space systems business represents two-thirds of our revenue um, and, uh, and, and, and you know, it's a very profitable part of our company. And it really, it's really born out of the fact that, look, we, we're trying to build an end-to-end -end space company. Uh, a rocketer is, is certainly the keys to, the, keys to space and a really, really important um, you know, element to have. Uh, but if you can also build a satellite, then um, you know, it gives you the ability to put your own infrastructure in orbit as well. So we're, we've been very strategic with the projects that we take on. You know, we have two missions to Mars and we have the MDA Global Star constellation uh, to provide um, uh, you know, direct-to-sell services for various customers and, and those, those kind of programs. So we're very strategic in, in, in what we do to you know, try and get, get us to our end, our end goal. But um, to your point, like the, the space systems business is is across you know component level right through to you know full full satellite and and also services. You know we we operate satellites um, for other folks as well. So what is this? So how does that speak to, um, I guess the the future of this company? What does the mix look like? How does the portfolio continue to to grow and evolve? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, we're trying to build a multi-generational end-to-end um, space company. Um, and I think the, the large space companies of the future will, will comprise of, uh, obviously, you know, build, be able to build satellites, but also being able to launch your own satellites. Um, and I think that, that, that will be the differentiator between, uh, between all space companies. Uh, launch is great, um, and, and it's, it's hugely strategic, but it's a really lumpy business, and it's a really, really hard business to, um, to be successful in. Um, satellites, once again, uh, a little bit smoother in, in, in revenue, but um, you know a really important element. And like the space industry, from an engineering perspective, is a giant engineering compromise, um, and it's no different in, in kind of in a, in a financial sense. And if you can combine both satellites and launch vehicles together under one roof, then it, it's a, it's a powerhouse that's that's really difficult to compete if you just have one or the other elements. So that, that's what we're marching towards and uh, making great progress towards. And I think you know, if we have this conversation in 10 years' time, that the really large and successful space companies will all own their own rockets. Mm. Um, and I guess how does that speak to this next chapter of the space economy that we do see emerging? Yeah, well, I, I, think, I think you're seeing that play out in real time, right? I mean, uh, if, you, if you take our friends over at SpaceX um, with Starlink, um, you know, very hard to compete with Starlink, um, given the, the rate and the cost in which uh, SpaceX can deploy those assets into orbit. So I think you're seeing, you know, that, that kind of thesis play out in, in, in real time. And I think, you know, you, you'll just see more and more of that. That does it for this episode of Manifest Space. Make sure you never miss a launch by following us wherever you get your podcasts and by watching our coverage on Closing Bell Overtime. I'm Morgan Brennan.